Hey, I'm Daniel, and this is Markers on the Map. This week we return to the town of Dusk for a more in-depth discussion on the modern retro shooter, and check out the Binding of Isaac Repentance's quick and fun roguelike gameplay. Then we delve into some more roughly spoiler-free thoughts on Shin Megami Tensei 5. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. Hey there, listeners. Great Badoof here to tell you about a brand new limited edition exclusive flavor of Markers on the Map Presents Trial by Energy Drink, the Sinnoh Region Citrus Flavor, in honor of the Nintendo Switch release of Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Pokemon Shining Pearl, featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series. This unique blend of lemon and lime with a magical hint of orange will give you the supreme power you need to take on the Sinnoh Region's greatest threat and use the power of space and time to bend the world to your will. Be better than shiny when the Sinnoh Region Citrus Flavor hits stores all around Gameland this holiday season and save a few to put out for good old St. Nicholas. Black Friday was recent. It was. You got anything good? Uh, yeah, I got a few things. Neo, the world ends with you. I got Hot Wheels Unleashed like I was talking about last week, like before mm-hmm. Black Friday, but I got Skyrim and PS Plus. I know we both got PS Skyrim. Plus. Yeah, I got Skyrim on PSN. It was like 13 bucks. Really? I've been interested for a while, and I'm like, I just need an open world where I can just, like, not do, like, a direct objective. Kind of like Mm -hmm. a Death Stranding type scenario. But, yeah, I tried that out. But I noticed, like, everything I had bought this year, including, like, Guardians was on sale and Deathloop. They were, like, $25 in store. I was like, wow, this is crazy. And it got me thinking, kind of piggybacking off what we were talking about last week with, like, engagement and everything... I get FOMO, which is the fear of missing out around certain like games or like TV shows or movies. And we've talked about this off the podcast before where it's like I can't bring myself to go watch like an extended TV show uh, that's like six or seven seasons long years after the fact because I I feel like that ship has sailed and I'm not. I want to engage in conversation I about mean, the show. Yeah, you say that, but I don't know. There's some shows that I feel like you can still watch and you don't really watch, but you still can and people still talk about it. Yeah, I, I get that, but for for some reason it's like with Stranger Things, I can't go to that because it's just like, ah, it's already like out there and for some reason I'm like always going towards like gravitating towards what's new and and whatever. So all the stuff I bought was on sale and mm-hmm. I was mad about it because... I, I bought a lot of games this year. You but did. then I stepped back and I thought, I bought them at the time, and sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad. Sometimes I'll get burned by a game, like Bravely Default 2. We know that I did not like that game at all. But I was thinking about uh, previous years, like mm-hmm. posts, or like pre 2019 or whatever, when I used to go buy most of my games on Black Friday. And then I yeah. realized that I would not get to enjoy any of those because i'd have all of them there at once yeah yeah. so it would be like the reverse thing so then i'm like maybe i'm not that mad that i bought guardians of the galaxy a month ago when i had the time to play it versus buying it right now when pokemon and shin megami tensei came out so it's kind of this weird thing where it's like 
sometimes wanting like when I get the thing uh, at full price, it mm. prevents me from like not being able to enjoy it when every single thing is on sale. Mm-hmm. I got you. Yeah. I, I mean, that's true. I mean, it is. It, I guess it's different because I don't get that many games out of them. For me, Black Friday sales are better because I don't have like fifty other games to play. I only really stick to what I not know, but what I what I'm interested in and what I like. And so I don't have like fifty other games I could play. I just like, well, I I got a select few that I can really enjoy. And so some for me, sometimes waiting is better than buying it straight away. My issue is that I I love so many things, or I'm interested in so many things, and oftentimes something I might not be interested in. I I hear people talking mm-hmm. about it. I see people talking about it. I'm like, oh, that might look interesting. And 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 oftentimes I've found like great new series from that. Like when Persona Three Portable came out uh, for the mm-hmm. PSP. I was just watching videos of it and hearing people talk about it. I played Persona 3 Portable, and now that's my favorite series of all time. But then yeah. you have something like Bravely Default 2 where they're like, oh, man, this is like a, a classic like RPG Final Fantasy type thing, but modernized. And then I play it, and I'm like, ah, it's modernized, sure, but it's a little too classic feeling to, yeah. to truly feel like a modern game to me. And there's a lot of you know issues with the difficulty and everything. I just, It's always so interesting to see how stuff like FOMO ends up being... I don't know. It works both ways, I guess, for me. Because if I bought all the games that I had bought on sale for Black Friday, none of them would ever get played, and the rest of the year would have been just, like, dry. I'd be like, oh, you know, I'm going to wait for Black... The one I will say is, like, Guardians. Perfect game. I just... (laughs) It's 25 Mm -hmm. bucks over the weekend of Black Friday, and it was only a month old where I paid, you know, full price for it. So, like, that's the mm-hmm. one thing, when it's, like, right there. Oh, it's also one of the things, too, where sometimes the sale's not even worth it at some points because you're only saving a few bucks, honestly, on some games, on some sales. Like, obviously, there's some where it'll be, obviously, a really good deal. You're like, that's a pretty good, almost, percent, you know, a good percentage off. But honestly... Sometimes it's not even worth waiting for a deal. It's like you know what they're not gonna put it for that low, or like even after everything in total shipping or whatever you're getting it from, it's only a couple bucks difference. For me, yeah. it's just not even worth it. It's just like, I'd have just said get that it. any year except this one. But on this one, like you, I went in and saw Guardians for twenty five physical at, on the store, and I was just like, what the heck gives? Like any other year, Guardians would have been forty five on sale but this year 25 mm-hmm. i'm like that's crazy uh death loop was 25 out on the just where you could go pick it up it was like from those little like cardboard little things that they have you could just pick up a 25 dollar copy of death loop i was like what kind of world are we living in mm-hmm. i'm happy with the game i did get neo the world ends with you um because uh that one i was actually holding off on a sale for anyway that's black friday and we're in the Christmas season now because this will be the first episode of our little show that goes up in December. So happy holidays, and yep. uh, yeah, we'll we'll do what we can with the news for the next couple weeks. I know Game Awards is going to be soon. I don't know if it'll be next week's episode because our recording schedule, as we've said before, has been a little different lately because of our own, you know, schedules. Um, mm-hmm. But. It is December, and it is Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure where we got some stuff to talk about today for sure, um, as far as games go. I am your host, Daniel, and I'm here as always with my good friend and co-host, the man, the myth, the legend, Robert. How have you been this week? 
tired have you been? Tired, but thankfully it's been a a, a nice little you know holiday week, uh, and uh, I had a uh, some visitors, some company, so I had an mm-hmm. okay time. Got through a few games um, that I've been working on, uh, namely Shin Megami Tensei Five. I finished like a couple hours before we recorded, so that's kind of like fresh there. Um, yeah, actually played some multiplayer Mario Party. I was like, finally, <laughs> it's been years. So, uh, before we get started on news today, um, last week we had a story about Multiverses, which was a Warner Brothers-themed fighting game, and I neglected to mention that I think that the Animaniac should be in there too. I don't know if you agree with that, but definitely. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, any any Warner Brother product they own. I yeah. mean, at that point, Enter the Dragon's owned by Warner Brothers. True, true. Yeah, see what so, I'm thinking? Yeah, just scroll down the HBO Max catalog and see what you can pull out. <laughs> but, with that being said, the gears got turning when I was thinking about multiverses. I said, okay. what if we could do them one better? What if Markers on the Map could be its own fighting game? So I thought we could say what type of fighting game character we would be. What type of fighting game character would you be? I could either see myself as a as a neutral all around circle character like all around in general character like Ryu or be heavy handed like something like Zangief. Mm. Something like that in those terms. I always saw myself as like think Wolverine from Marvel vs. Capcom or like Misfortune mm-hmm. from uh Skullgirls, where you have a lot like your damage might not be that high, but you've got the potential for like really good Good combo strings or just keeping the pressure on your opponent and being an agile character um at that point and just i don't know i'd want a really cool costume really cool you know color palettes for my character and then i thought why not take it a step further and a few of our classic markers on the map characters could also be part of this fighting game like green badoof green badoof could be Kind of like Yoda from Soul Calibur 4. Where he's so tiny that you can't really attack him. And he can like jump really high, of course, as Green Badoof is fueled by trial by energy drink. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like he could have a special where he just summons an army of Badoofs to, to, to attack. Like his critical art in Street Fighter. <laughs> and... <laughs> I don't know what what kind of ideas do you think we would have for Blast Wave the Echidna in a fighting game? Blast Blast Wave the Echidna. Honestly, let's make him a joke character. See, you say that, but I was thinking Gamekeeper for a joke character. But what's what's the idea for Blast Wave as a joke character? Oh, it's just funny that he he's all he's just you know he's Blast Wave, but he's a joke character. He's actually like I w- I was like thinking for 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 Gatekeeper to be like um. What's his face? The new character from Street Fighter. I forget his face. The one arm one. The one arm one. The one that was in five. Uh, he's like oh he Oro just... Oro. Oro. There we go. I feel like Gamekeeper could be something like Oro, like an actual yeah. character. <laughs> and then Blastwave just has like a taunt, like a Dan taunt. Except when Blastwave looks at you, you just your 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 character just dies from the edge of being stared at by Blastwave. Like he'll stare daggers into your eyes. Get it? Yeah. Ugh. And, you know, there's other characters like Pop Red, and we don't want him. You can go play Power Rangers Battle for the Great for, for Pop Red. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh... Yeah. So, 
I mean, I was just thinking about this. It was just a thought that went through my mind, and sometimes I just have to say these wild ideas on the show. Like, St. Nicholas could be, you know, a power character, and Al from Peacekeepers could have his move set from <laughs> the Peacekeepers. Peacekeepers, man. I don't even know about that. Al, we haven't. Sp- I don't want to speak about him. He went Hollywood. I ain't talking about him. Uh, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. I think we should get to what little news we have for this week. As we know, the the big news event for the month of December is the Game Awards. That's not happening yeah. uh, this week. It's going to happen next week, and I think we're going to talk about it the week after. Um, so for this week, some of the news stories we have, as in like all of them, mm-hmm. will be active um, by the time this episode goes up. So we're just going to touch on those briefly, get right into games. The first mm-hmm. is that Fall Guy Season 6 um, has arrived at this point. Um, it is a like a party themed season. There's like a lot of party themed stages and mm-hmm. you know circus type stuff. And they've got a new battle pass that features Jin Sakai, the ghost of Tsushima himself, where you can earn his battle damaged costume from the beginning at the very start of the Fall Guys season pass, and then at the end you get the full on ghost of Tsushima costume. I have to say mm-hmm. this is probably the most exciting crossover that they've done ever for me. <laughs> oh man i don't i don't know i haven't played fall guys in, i haven't even finished this season we're on i don't know what season four i did not finish there's always time to play season six because i'm sure it's gonna go on for a while and you know i'm gonna be on so whenever we have time we can always hop onto it the new rounds look very interesting and involved they've mm-hmm. got like a sequel to seesaw where the seesaws are circular and they've got um, new rounds where you have to, like, stay inside, like, a certain spotlight to get points. And then there's, uh-huh. like, new tubes that shoot you out. And there's, like, water balloons that, like, rain down on the Fall Guys. So there's a lot of new and interesting examples of, of objects that we haven't seen in the game to this point. We, we, can get our, we can get your interest back because you know how hard I go when the season starts. Yeah, you're, like, I'll barely get on and you're already, like, level 20 and I'm just barely getting started. Well, We'll find some time on the weekend. <laughs> and they are also doing a Sackboy event that will already be in full swing by the time this episode goes up. So if you're hearing this at mm-hmm. the time, um, make sure you go and finish up your challenges for that. They've been in the middle of the season finale event uh, as we're recording. That'll be done by the time this episode goes up. See, the news is a little weird and skewed this week. But mm-hmm. what's next is that Street Fighter Five is launching its final character, Luke before this podcast even goes up too so we'll have thoughts on him next week they had a stream i didn't even know about it because i was watching the fall guy stream was literally the same day as that but luke is coming out on like the 29th of november which is literally like almost a whole week before this one's gonna go up so (laughs) i mean i forgot that street fighter's still having a new character i forgot they still had one more to go yeah, it's not gonna the end-all, be-all final character. It's been going for, you know, in, in February, it'll be seven years, I think. Yeah, because it came out in 2016. Oh, uh, six boy, years, seven years. Six, yeah, uh, six years. Six years. Um, oh, boy. So it'll be the end-all, be-all final. I still think there's a few costumes and Capcom Pro Tour stuff planned for next year. But they said that Luke will probably be a key player in Street Fighter Six. And people are suspecting Street Fighter Six will get announced in February. 
or whenever Capcom Cup is, I think it's in February, because they're kind of already teasing the future of Street Fighter at the end of this stream. I didn't watch the stream, mm-hmm. but I saw the pictures and everything. So um, Luke has some interesting mechanics that might be tied into Street Fighter Six, but yeah. we'll have more thoughts on Luke uh, next week's episode. The final news story we have today is that Mario Golf got its final update, apparently, um, out of nowhere, uh, okay. uh, like a couple, like a, in the middle of the week, out of nowhere, Nintendo dropped a tweet that said, oh, this is the final update for Mario Golf. They added uh, Shy Guy and Wiggler, of all people, as playable characters. They added two new modes. There's like a putting mode, or like one shot, one putt, or whatever, and there's like a mm-hmm. target golf mode, and they added two brand new courses. One is like a an interesting looking foresty type thing and then one is where all the uh the the golf course uh is made out of the mario characters so there's like images Mm -hmm. of them on the grass and everything very substantial update i'm sad kind of to see it's the last one because the free content that they've given for this mario golf game has been really really good had they announced there was going to be anything even anything after the initial release um, yeah, there was gonna, there was always gonna be post game content. But how far, how far did they say that it was gonna? Uh, they never go mentioned forward? how far it was okay. gonna go. But Mario Tennis got a lot of characters releasing every month for like months mm-hmm. and months and months. I mean, these are more substantial, having full on golf courses with eighteen holes in each, on like two of them per update, except the first one. But there was only mm-hmm. one character with the first one. Um, now they did say it's the end of the free updates, which makes me wonder maybe there will be a paid expansion sometime down in the future. I mean, maybe uh, I don't know if and they would have announced it too if there was going to be any expansion that was going to be paid. But I think this just might be the last update in general for anything for cool added on. There'll be updates yeah. here and there, but I think it was the last thing they'll add anything to mm-hmm. it. Might could be. Um, I would not mind paying you know 10 bucks for a couple extra courses later down the line because it's a really good game i i disagree with some of the randomness in the way things are set up and i do want to play mario golf when it comes to the switch online app to kind Mm -hmm. of compare um how it was versus how it is now but i i mean mario golf i played some of the new courses some of the new levels and it's it's a ton of fun it's just one of those Mm -hmm. games that i can just lay back relax and, and listen to a podcast and you know whack the golf ball and have a decent enough time with like there's like 20 characters on it so always a fun time now i got one last little thing here it's a nintendo direct rumor baby oh we got a rumor Mm -hmm. transformers roll to the beat is the name of the game autobots and decepticons a tale as old as 1984 Waging battles to dominate the other side for dreams of conquest or peace. Now it's time for the hype men to step up their game and Transformers roll to the beat. In this third-person action game, dash, slash, transform, and blast your way through hundreds of procedurally generated levels that flow into one another with a wide variety of biomes and enemies. Take control of one of 60 different Autobots and Decepticons from the franchise's history, all with a flashy new art style. But where's the twist? Well... Soundwave and Blaster, which is like the Autobot version of Soundwave, act as mission commanders in a new story that demands the Cybertronians stay on beat or their functions will disable briefly, making them vulnerable to attacks from the myriad foes around them. Challenge the world to the beats of over 50 tracks, specifically designed for making all manner of robot destruction, and create a complex ballet of devastation 
as you transform and spin to create vortexes, charge up special moves to the beat and unleash them, or slash furiously with energy beams to unleash mayhem with destructive key abilities unique to each character. Tons of accessibility features help you craft the game you want to play and discover hidden color palettes, skins, and more for each character, in addition to the randomized weapons you get in this procedural action game. And that's to say nothing of the game's epic boss fights. Get ready for the time of your life when Transformers Roll to the Beat hits the Nintendo Switch. So this reminds me of that game, Bullets Per Minute, which was that rhythm FPS roguelike where you have to shoot on the beat to the songs that are playing in the background. Um, except they're taking this and they're applying it to a, an action game that is kind of like hack and slash in nature from what I'm saying. Um, the Transformers mm-hmm. game that is like the most recent like good one was Platinum Games, Transformers game. So I imagine maybe they're taking the idea of the combat and mechanics of that where you could just like transform and do an attack and then transform back very seamlessly but Mm -hmm. applying it to a rhythm game so the music is just as important in a game like this okay now the only question i got is soundwave in here soundwave and blaster are the basically the commanders they're the ones that are playing the music to the Autobots and Decepticons fighting against the enemy. So they don't take an action role unless they're, like, unlockable characters. I imagine there's boss fights where maybe they're, like, they turn giant. Yeah. Like, even bigger than Transformers. You know, giant boss fights where they're, like, maybe they're grappling with each other while while other Transformers are fighting on the ground. But they are taking the role of the ones that are playing the songs. And Blaster, of course, is, like, the Autobot version of, of Soundwave from the show. <laughs> Blastwave's the Autobot version? Blaster. Oh, I thought you said Blaster. I thought it was a no. Blastwave's an echidna. I was gonna say he's not in this one. Where he can't. He he has to be contained. He can't be in this game. Okay. He's not allowed. He's not allowed. Too strong. Yeah. So we have good Transformers games, and we have not so good Transformers games as as the time goes on. But they are yeah. going the procedural route with this. They are making it randomized elements, so the game. Sh- kind of sounds more like a roguelike although Mm -hmm. i feel like being a transformers product they wouldn't want to get the gameplay too far away from being something accessible to everybody so i'm imagining while it might have roguelike elements Mm -hmm. it's probably just going to be more procedural or random than just straight up like oh you lose everything when you when you die Yeah, yeah 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 well i can't wait for this one to come out it's gotta be at the next direct i i can i can feel this one one of these days one of these days Anyway, Robert, we have some games this week, and I thought we'd start with what you've been playing. Super Mario Bros. 3. You've been playing Super Mario Bros. 3? Yeah, that's about it. Just playing. Uh, We were playing, uh, (laughs) I I finally got Dusk. I finally got around to it. So, Dusk was announced, what, during E3, I think it was. I think during... Limited game? run games. Was it limited run? Yeah, it was limited run. Yeah. They announced it. I thought it was gonna come that day too. I was like, oh, it's gonna like soon, but then it took until November to be released. Bit, so and yeah. I was waiting a while, I've been waiting patiently. Uh finally got uh you know, got kinda got back on my Switch because we've been doing this uh SNES games and all that. Uh so I finally got Dusk. And what I will say is in foreseeable future, this is probably up there for game of the year for me, because I was so right about how fun this game looks. This game is so much fun. It's immediate 
and I've introduced this briefly um, before the, the, the game Dusk, but it's so immediate from the start in its fluidity, how mm-hmm. fun it can yes. potentially be. And it's not till around the third level where everything starts to click like, oh, if I hold this button, I can scale almost vertical walls or you, your, your speed potential is unlimited. Your dual wielding shotguns that go off every couple of seconds. Enemies are oh, all yeah. around you. They're coming from every side and you're forced to think like, oh, I need to be over here. And you can get there very quickly. Yes. Uh, I don't know, yeah, everything just about this game is, is really fun for it. Obviously, Switch game and how it looks, I mean... It, it it has the same graphics as an N64 game, but that's the point. And it's like, it honestly looks pretty good. I don't... And here's the thing. I will say is I don't like that era of gaming. The 64, like, PlayStation era is very hard to really find games that still hold up to, you know, today. Turok. You know? I think those Turok, are one of, the, one of the few. Turok 1 and 2. Metagur Solid yeah. is probably, like, one of those where it still kind of holds up. Still just kind of iffy. It's just like, it's still kind of, but it's still tank controls. Like... A lot of those games do not hold up, but even with the game looking like that, the controls are nothing like it. It is modern day. It's it's. I said it's Doom on steroids. That's the best way I can put it. It's Doom way better on steroids. I want to say Doom. I don't know about Doom. You know the newest Doom series. You know Eternal and all that. You played it, so yeah. you could probably give an input. But it's harder to compare those to classic Doom than yeah. it is. But Dusk. as classic Doom goes, this is way better. The the con- better than is probably better than Doom sixty four, and those are probably the same type of graphics you can compare them to. See, as controversial as that opinion is that Dusk is better than classic Doom, I'm inclined to agree just because of how fluid. Oh, at the least Doom sixty four. Because well, Doom classic 64 Doom is a staple. Is, yeah, it is I mean, classic Doom, Doom but it's it, pretty good. It, it, it tries to input, you know, the 64 graphics, but this is full-on, like, 3D graphics that I, I I will say that the 64 could for sure do 100%. Yeah, but this is doing it as a pastiche. It's doing it yeah. as, as like, this is the what the look we're going for. Yeah, and every, the, I love the music. The music, it just it pumps you up, and it has a really... <laughs> I really like one of the enemies, because <laughs> he's so funny, because he just goes non-believer and that's all he says sometimes bro that's so it's so funny because he just goes non-believer and that's all he does and i just have a double bro shotgun and i'm just like you know like you really want to go this route i'm like all right and then just because there's so many of them and yeah it's just like doom on on steroids it's really fun fast pace it's you know a great weapon wheel it all oh, has an amazing weapon. It has, you know, seen, like seamless transfer from one weapon to another. It doesn't take forever. I like how you can change the size of everything, like how big your weapons are on. You can make, obviously, have your weapons, like, just take the whole screen or just, like, mm-hmm. be a little part at the very bottom of it. So, and honestly, the aiming, the, the aim assist is really good because you don't have yes. to be, because you're moving very quick. Everything is quick pace and it helps you. You don't have to be directly in the enemy or the target's like you know area. You don't have to be right on them, but you just have to be near them. And then the uh, aimuses will be forgiving and you know let you take the do the hits on them. And another thing that uh, we've touched on with Dusk before is that it has really good accessibility options for mm-hmm. those of us who really suck at at an N sixty four style FPS like me. So like I've been playing on the accessible difficulty when I run Dusk. Um, mm. There's a good screen filter option, so you can brighten things. You can make it whatever color you want. You can really just change 
b just besides mm -hmm. the FOV and the size of things, you can play Dusk in blue if you want, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's preset filters, and then there's a custom filter a la Peacekeeper's Color Changer. Um, so there's interesting things like that. Um, I gotta say one of my favorite things about Dusk is there are certain rooms that you go into and you'll get a power-up that makes you mm -hmm. like shoot faster and go even faster and then enemies will pour in as if it's like one of those like challenges in like a vice city or something um and you just are tasked with clearing the room um before that and like it'll make like a heart pumping sound you'll you'll have to mm -hmm. clear whatever enemies are there before the the adrenaline gives out and i i always like those moments there's usually one or two every couple of levels so far, I haven't beaten it, so I still got a, a ways to go and keep playing it. But I guess for the most part, what I will say is maybe a negative is you you won't be surprised on how this game plays in the sense of there's parts of the game where it's obviously supposed to be a surprise that enemies are, you know, like, oh, surprise, like, this enemy's here. But what we'll say is, like, a lot of en enemies make sounds, and they don't really... I don't think they really think of it because there'll be parts where you can clearly hear there's a chainsaw wielding enemy because he's very he's a heavy you know he's like breathing heavy he's like and you hear the chainsaw and there'll also be a part where it's an empty room but then you'll hear him and you're like I hear him but I don't see him and then it kind of gives that oh if I press this button right here it's gonna uh, you know open up a secret door and he's gonna come out there so it kind of loses that whole surprise enemies not obviously in a scare factor but just like you didn't expect an enemy to be here it sometimes still gets you but most of the time you can kind of tell where an enemy's at and kind of be like okay there's a secret room in here somewhere exactly now where are you in the game have you finished the first episode yet Ooh, i don't think i finished the first episode but i do believe i'm probably like give me an idea i'm trying to remember i de i know i defeated the alligator boss and i defeated those okay. two the, those two giant like yeah uh, the bigger guys the bigger guys i i think i just beat them and yeah, i think i just defeated them so i'm probably on the level right after that okay because towards the end of the first episode there is uh as i've said before a, a, a different enemy type that starts coming out and that's mm -hmm. where i feel like oh this is gonna be something different than like i haven't played the second or third episode yet i've been taking a break from it but mm -hmm. like I am fully expecting some kind of twist to be happening here pretty soon. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But I'm expecting some kind of, like, plot mm. twist or something with the way that the new enemies have, have been coming out. I'm like, okay, this is starting to feel more like what I was hoping it would be. That is not to say that the first episode wasn't great because it is. But yeah. what, what difficulty are you playing yours on, out of curiosity? Uh, I can take it. Is that Which one is that? That's probably like normal difficulty probably, normal. probably for this okay. game. Well, you're better at these than I am anyway. <laughs> I think I had to use cheat codes for Doom 64 on the on the PS4. And I always put mm -hmm. on the the like fly when like whenever I play Turok, I always put on like the flying thing. I wish I wish Dusk had a flying thing. That'd be fun, but no. Dusk um its levels start to get more labyrinthine in nature as you go on where there's a lot of platforming involved and often there's a maze-like structure to it with finding the key cards just like in doom except it's got so much more verticality and exploration mm -hmm. to it than even doom because it is so it wants to show off its movement uh, abilities and capabilities i think that's mm -hmm. what's cool about dusk is that it wants you to use the ridiculous like whole like tilt up and right and hold the you know the the right bumper so that you can do some kind of massive dash up a purely vertical wall not straight up vertical but like 
almost there. Mm-hmm. Climb to whatever you want. It really helped on this level where there was like trucks that had like pickups on top of it. You're like, oh, let me just run up this thing real quick and then I can jump to the truck. So mm-hmm. it's cool stuff like that. I don't think I, I wish some some of the weapons didn't share ammo like the oh the, yeah the double the barrel shotgun and, the and then shotgun. the and the dual yeah and the dual shotgun share ammo shotgun I feel like a double barrel should have its own type of ammo like they could just call it like I I, I just would prefer they just share different type of ammo instead of just being all one shotgun ammo because the the double barrel does pretty good damage it's like a one shot most of the time honestly yeah. so it could have been its own its own like more powerful ammo instead of it just being the regular shotgun ammo. Now my question is, have you found any of the soap yet? Yes, I did. I've like used, uh, uh, seen the soap, uh, used the shower. I've turned. I mean, you could interact with the shower in the in on the sink in the toilet. I've seen a lot. But have of it. you thrown the soap at an enemy? No. What happens? I'm not telling you what happens. You need to okay, find so the soap go and find throw it at an enemy. <laughs> okay. I will tell you, it is amazing. <laughs> All right, now I'm interested. Now I have to go do it. I like might do it's it. It's one right of those things where I'm it's interested. like, who thought of this? <laughs> yeah, I like dusk. I gotta get back to it. It's really fun. I w- Is there more? Now let me know right now. Is there more melee weapons? Like, is there more like like infinite? Me- or is hooks? it just the sickles? Yeah, I've only seen those. Just the sickles. Okay, that is not so... to say there might not be because I haven't unlocked all of the weapons. But that's all I've got so far. Okay, because I would really really like it and prefer they add more melee weapons because something like a sword or something would be really fun to oh, use yeah, instead of the sickles cool. that's that's probably another thing i would say i would like for the game to have or a power up like doom had where you just go you know using your fists and you know bash the mm-hmm. enemies but it just seems like dusk guy which is what i'm gonna name the character from this point forward dusk guy is more of a use the hooks and then switch over to some kind of weapon oh i'm using all weapons i've not used the hook since the first level yeah i think i as soon as i the hooks don't do anything hard like like the damage mm-hmm. i'll put on the hooks is very low it is it's only good for the very beginning well i've been playing something not frequently but i played it a little bit you know before recording uh to refresh mm-hmm. myself on some of the new stuff but binding of isaac launched its uh, ps5 edition um with the full package binding of isaac repentance it contains the base game and all dlcs including the latest and final dlc repentance and to introduce binding of isaac to somebody who's never heard of it i would say that it's probably one of the more if not the most well-known roguelike game and mm-hmm. roguelikes are of course something where you go through randomly generated levels or level i wouldn't say randomly generated but it's very unlikely that you'll ever get the same run again there's thousands of rooms and they'll be put in some order and you know various different level layouts and everything and the goal of the game is to beat it and they're usually very challenging games but on every level there are items that you get to equip your character with and they will make something change Sometimes these changes will be beneficial. Sometimes mm-hmm. they might not be beneficial, but they might be detrimental. And sometimes these changes will require you to sacrifice something like health in order for you to get them. Mm-hmm. And the game generally doesn't tell you what these things do. Some of them are pretty obvious what they do based on a description. Other ones will just outright say something cryptic 
and you won't know what changes unless you have the stats thing open that you can have on, on Binding of Isaac, you'll see, oh, some kind of stat went, go, like, went up here. But something might happen in the background of the game that changes certain things. So th that's what I would set it up like. It's a very challenging little roguelike game based on the twin-stick shooter genre. So you control Isaac and he shoots out tears. So I think I've encountered some of the new repentance items in, in, in some of my runs. It's been so long that I don't know which is which anymore. Some of them might be from previous expansions, some of them not. But everything gets thrown into the same pool. I haven't got quite good enough at the game to get to any of the final bosses before. And I'm definitely not good uh, being as out of practice as I am. But I will say, this is the third edition of Isaac that I've bought. The first was free on PS Plus in 2014. The second was on the Switch in 2017. And now we have this one. And this is the first time I ever beat the first run, the first time I tried it. Uh, the first run of Isaac is not a complete run by any means. It ends on the sixth level, I believe, against what you think is the final boss. And then your second run introduces the idea of there being a seventh and eighth level with the super final boss at the end. As you go through the game, more and more you discover, oh, there's more levels here. There's angel pathways that I could go to here and fight extra final bosses and there's a pool of like 150 bosses now so bosses yeah. that you encountered on every run back on the original uh, Binding of Isaac Rebirth have only showed up once for me where I'm seeing you know handfuls of brand new bosses just like various like mm -hmm. demons and enemies gone massive that that show up in in these dungeons and honestly I've been having more fun with the synergies this time than anything and what synergies are are the combination of of items so i might have a thing where i'll get an item that brings my tear speed up so now isaac will shoot tears faster and then yeah. sometimes you'll get something that makes them bigger so you have bigger mm -hmm. tears and faster tears and when they're bigger their power will go up and then they could get changed into something that'll like send them flying everywhere so they'll like start exploding all around the screen so you can get enemies mm -hmm. behind you even when you're shooting another way. The best one I've had so far, or I wouldn't say best, but one of the more fun ones I've had so far is where my Isaac looked like Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen. And <laughs> yeah. when, you char when you charged up the tears, they wouldn't shoot. So you would charge them up and they would be spreading out in front of you like a shield as you walked around. Yeah. So wherever you were walking, they, 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 they were just stationary there. And then when you let go of the control stick, they start flying in whatever direction you were pointing them at. So stuff like that can happen. Tears can be infected with poison. There was one point when I got a sword. And I've never had a sword in Binding of Isaac before. Yeah, But yeah. <laughs> you can get like a Minecraft axe to break rocks. You can get things <laughs> that help you fly. You can get little teleporter cards. You can donate to, to characters and they'll give you like items. Uh, there are hearts that give you more life as soon as you go on to, you know, another floor. There's all there's laser tears. That's one of my favorite ones. There's like a laser tier that like does a little flash laser. And then there's mm -hmm. one that does a very consistent laser. Um, and all the while you're doing this, Isaac himself is being transformed into like a monstrosity of all these things being absorbed into him. So by the end of your run, you also have a very unique looking version of your character. It's 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 weird. This game's very trippy. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of spooky. It's definitely not a, I wouldn't call it a kids game uh by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. Isaac's that game's been out for a while now. Yeah, the the it's imagery been... of it all is 
How yeah, old is this game? This game's been out for a while. I'm trying to remember the first time I've seen it. It was originally a Flash game. Yeah. Um, And then Rebirth, which was the console release of Binding of Isaac, came out uh, in 2014. Yeah. And it, it launched as a plus title. And then there were three expansions to it. There's AB, mm-hmm. AB Plus, and Repentance. So this is like... I think what this one does is it adds... It's like a full game-sized expansion to it, but it also yeah. adds things that used to be mods, I believe, for the PC version, are added into this expansion. So it's it's so much content mm-hmm. that it takes probably a thousand hours for a good player to see everything. So obviously, I've not even scratched the surface, even though like back in the Switch version, I, I beat probably 10 or 12 runs. Um, but mm-hmm. everything you do is unlocking new stuff in the background like oh if you have three deals with the devil in in this particular run you'll unlock a character um Mm -hmm. certain items will appear when you hit the treasure chest at the end of a run or when you defeat certain bosses or you have a certain amount of coins and there's like 20 playable characters i don't think there's 20 but there might be around 20 playable characters now they all play differently they all have special stats that are unique to them or items that they might start with so there's like four difficulties now and like normal is hard enough on this game yeah um it's it, it always kind of sucks when you have such a good setup of items in this but either your health is low or you're you could have some like massively overpowered like mm-hmm. effect but you'll have low damage so it's always kind of crushing when you know the luck element of Isaac, the RNG element, does yeah, not yeah, yeah. does not work in your favor, and you're at a pivotal moment. Like when I, I've never beaten the boss fight against Isaac. I came really close on a run of this, but my damage just wasn't doing it. Even though I had such a good setup, my damage was so low that I couldn't survive long enough because he's doing these full screen attacks that I just don't know how to dodge. So. It's definitely a good pick-up-and-play game. It has the great roguelike feature of suspense states mm-hmm. where you're not saving. You're pausing so you can leave the game and come back to the exact room you just cleared afterwards. So mm-hmm. it's something that uh, Returnal added uh, fairly recently. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. it. It's very expensive for an indie game, but it's giving you all the content. And, us- and I believe when you add up the price of everything, I believe buying the full package, if you if you don't have Isaac already, is the best way to go about it. One of these days, I'll pro- I know I've played it before. We sure played it before. Yeah, I mean, I think there might be some kind of local co-op. So one of these days. It's true. One of these days soon. Yeah, maybe. and I, I don't know if it's the same as the local co-op used to be because I believe one person used to play as like, like a baby ghost thing that had like one heart uh-huh. I'm like no no can we please just play some straight up co-op Isaac it'd be kind of weird to see everything you know broken or if you had to share items or something like that I don't yeah. know if there's co-op but well I'll, I'll look into it so that's Binding of Isaac Repentance let me see what I want to talk about this week <laughs> let's see what we got else how about since I just beat it Shin Megami Tensei 5 SMT 5 Mm-hmm. Now, I talked about this a few weeks ago when it came out on the show, and as we know, I really like this game. It is, you know, giving up the traditional, like, dungeon-crawling elements of Shin Megami Tensei, replacing them with a vast open-world kind of Xenoblade Chronicles-esque, but not, you know, obnoxious mm-hmm. like Xenoblade Chronicles, of pure desert. By the time—and this might be light spoilers this week. 
Just uh-huh. light spoilers. I wouldn't say there's anything, you know, detrimental to the plot in here, um, but I will be talking about how I feel about certain things. The second area, the areas progress like this. It's desert. All of them are desert. They're all different colors. And as you progress through them, there's more and more buildings. And so they become more and more like mazes out in the open where the idea is to, as in something like Death Stranding, find the way to get to where you need to go. Except in Shin Megami Tensei Five, there is usually only one path to get something. But if you go off the path you're supposed to, there's always going to be a chest or some glory or a Mimon at the end to make the trouble worth the wait, as well as out of the off the beaten path quests that you can do. Some of them are fetch quests, and some of them have you go kill a, a, an opponent demon, and some of them might have you go to kill an opponent demon, and that opponent demon will try to get you to kill the original quest giver, and you have to decide mm-hmm. which demon do I want on my team. Do I want Dionysus or do I want Black Frost? So, where I was last week, I believe, or last time we talked about this, was around the second area. This game certainly goes to places I was not expecting in the third area. Mm -hmm. As in, I'm so glad that Shin Megami Tensei V decided to show the scale of the enemies you're fighting. The traditional SMT or Persona enemies are represented in their Mm -hmm. actual size and scale here. To where if, say, a certain boss in the second area needs to be a giant, colossal, towering thing, then Shin Megami Tensei V Mm -hmm. will present it as such, where it is destroying buildings and defeating waves and waves of, you know, angels at once. So it does a great Mm -hmm. job of scale. After the third area is where I believe my one true gripe with the game lies. And it has nothing to do with the plot. It has to do purely with mechanics. Okay. As I've said, to that point, there were no dungeons in the game. But after the third area, Shin Megami Tensei V introduces a dungeon. And this dungeon is... There's no real puzzle to it. Except for these wind turbine things that, like, blow your character out of the way. Or you might have to use them to cross a certain gap so you can get to the Mm -hmm. other side. The issue I have with this is that the dungeon is so long drawn out and with not much happening. And then they just throw these wind puzzles at you constantly. And when you just when you think it's over, there's a whole other floor just full of them. Like, use this one to blow you to this side. This one to blow you to that side. Skip that one. Blow over to that side. Blow that one up and then use the... You have to time it right so that one blows you over that gap. And then it starts getting... Everything looks the same and it starts getting very confusing and I start getting turned around and I think it got so many complaints that they're actually patching the third section out, which is where I was having the most trouble. I was like, I was on it for an hour. Mm. I was like, how do I get past this thing? And then I looked up a guide and it's some completely off the off the wall thing where it looks like that's the one you just came off of. But you have to, you know, use the fan to blow your character up on this yeah, particular yeah. side and then i'm just like it was driving me crazy so i was i was kind of glad to be over that part i think that is since i've beaten it now the one truly low part of the game okay and with that being said the fourth area was another one of those things that were presented differently um yes. you know how most games have a key hunt towards the end where oh you've got to get three of something mm-hmm. um 
I know like games like Metroid will do it, Metroid Prime, um, Zelda games do it, a lot of like classic feeling games do it. And Shin Megami Tensei 5 does it in a way that I mean, I play on safety. I think I've mentioned that before cuz I'm more I'm really interested in this first playthrough being about the world and the characters and the exploration. Um Mhm. What it does is it gives you this key hunt where you have to go fight against three particularly strong enemies, three bosses, Mm -hmm. and you're around level 60 at that point, maybe a little earlier, and these bosses are level 72. So even on safety, they took me many turns and one of them almost actually, like, destroyed me. So that was a little weird that they have these super tough bosses like you're expected to fight them at such a a low level when they're way higher than you. Um, Yeah. So that was a little like, I imagine if I was playing on a regular difficulty in it, it would have been, you know, more frustrating, but it was kind of surprising. Mm -hmm. And the areas are so maze-like at the end to where, like, you do have to find the right part to just jump up on a thing and climb a whole entire tower just looping around making sure you're going in the right path because things start to look the same um almost a little smt3-esque after that you are presented with another dungeon but it's not as bad as the other one it's Mm -hmm. kind of boring like the other one but the only like mechanic to worry about is the like there's a time stopping mechanic and there's Mm -hmm. like one solution to it that's very readily apparent as soon as you get into the into the part where you, the, where time freezes. So it was never a huge problem. Um, the mm-hmm. demons are just about as strong as any of the bosses, but I mean you can get through them on safety mode, no problem. Um, so by the end, you get bonuses for the route you choose, mm-hmm. and I chose. I always go with the law route first, so it's like the like you're the good guy at the end. Yeah. Um, I got probably the most broken bonus from choosing that route. And I will say that it uncaps your fusion limit. So in SMT, you can only fuse a new demon who's at your level or lower. But with this, I can roll around level 80 with like a level 90 something uh, (laughs) demon on my side and just wipe everything out with it. So yeah. um, we will save story discussion of this for for another episode because it is still pretty fresh of a game. It's only been out for you know three weeks at the point this one's going to go up. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say it goes some places. The characters are very interesting. I miss the certain like dialogue element you would have with bosses from SMT four. So it's very different in that aspect. Everything is presented as like bigger than you. It's I don't have time to talk. I just need to destroy, like, the Nahobino. Um, so it, it's it's definitely got a different vibe to it. The final boss, very expected slash unexpected. I, it's got a redesign that I was very, I was very excited to see this redesign. Um, and that's all I'll say about that because that's way spoilers. I won't even say who it is, but I was... It was one of those, like, oh, this is really cool moments where you're just like, mm-hmm. oh. And and they actually brought back the whole boss talking to you thing for that. I mean, it's not, like, where you have to, like, answer them or anything, but I'm just talking about them having a persona moment where mm-hmm. the boss will talk to you in the battle. So I liked that. Um, okay. Overall, it's in the running for, like, a top five for me this year. I don't think my game of the year is going to be 
shaken by anything, and we all know what it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. But but probably. let's pretend that we don't because our top plays of the year will be um some episodes at the beginning of 2022. But yeah. as far as RPGs go, I'm going to probably do a new game plus run, maybe bump up the mm-hmm. difficulty. Um, I'd like to get 100% on this, this game at some point. It's just... To me, it felt like a, a collectathon platformer almost versus a turn-based RPG, and I, I actually dig that. <laughs> like the combat was turn-based RPG, and that's cool. But the game itself, the exploration was fun enough to where I would say like this is like a collectathon platformer almost, and I like that. It's not just like walking around a you know empty halls, just like searching for treasure chests. No, you were jumping and floating down buildings and crossing highways and going on rooftops i was like yeah actually i've always wanted to know does it have a multi is it multi-ending does it have different endings yes so which one do you get obviously don't say it but well i chose the law route so i got the law ending but shin megami tensei always has a law ending a chaos ending Uh a neutral ending and then a true Uh ending so the true ending of this, I believe, requires you to fulfill a certain side quest requirement. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have you make certain dialogue choices through the game. That's usually what determines yeah. what route you're on, the The answers you give to questions. It's not really apparent what it is in this one either. Mm-hmm. In, in, in 4, it's like good and evil were clearly defined. In this mm-hmm. one, it's not the character... I believe that you're answering to that chooses mm-hmm. good or evil. It's just when you answer him, he's asking simple questions that have a simple answer, and you just some of them might be more obvious than others. Um, yeah. On the whole, the last thing I wanted to say about this game um, for today is good and evil are very well defined in Shin Megami Tensei Four. You clearly have somebody who's completely righteous and someone who's completely chaotic. The way Shin Megami Tensei Five does it, does it so, like, devastatingly that you can't help but feel that even the characters that are the good characters are Mm -hmm. representing themselves as, like, the villains here and the other way around. So it's it's very complex in how the characters are presented. Like, if you want to play mm-hmm. a good character or a chaotic character, that choice is obvious. But the the way that the other characters in the game become as time goes on is mm-hmm. very different from just, like, this person's Merkaba, this person's Lucifer, the SMT4 did. Um, so that was kind mm-hmm. of interesting and exciting to see the effects that that had on certain characters, especially towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean... I mean, it's the best we could really talk about without spoiling it. Yeah. It's the most we could in, do. In the future, maybe we'll put like 10 minutes at the end of an episode, probably next year at some point, to, to discuss the plot of this. Um, yeah. Or, you know, what plot we could have a discussion about being that you haven't played the game, but I have. But some of the plot, yeah. you know, can resonate. Um, other than that, man, it's it's just good to finally have it. And I didn't, and I didn't like SMT three that much. It's fine, but, but this was better. I think this was really? like I heard somewhere that this was the original concept for SMT three. Really, this is the original concept for. 3. I've heard that. I don't. I'm not. I can't confirm or deny, but that's what I've heard from a few places. I wonder what. I wonder if there's any other game that 
went back to the original concept. I don't think so. So this might be. There's a few, I think, but like this is like the most recent example, I guess Mm -hmm. you could say. Um, very good game. Anyway, would you say we've done an episode this week? Yeah, sure. Kind of wrap up this week. Very slow, but got a couple things to talk about. Yeah, it's been slow. Our recording day is different, but we still got some stuff to talk about. Anyway. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. I'm almost at the end of Ice City, so maybe we'll bring that up. Um, Maybe. Yeah. And maybe some more Pearl, because I finally got into post-game, since my once-a-week Pokemon that was blocking me from post-game finally showed up. Um, But for right now, guys, we want to thank you so much for listening. Please follow our Twitter at MarkersOnTheMap for all our links and posts. Please listen to us on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave a great rating and review and download an episode and subscribe listen to us wherever you go but if you don't like apple podcasts we're on google podcasts spotify and our podbean site all those links are on our twitter at markers on the map so i guess there's not much left to say besides what we always say and that is that the real lego indiana jones 2 the adventure continues was the friends we made along the way so we'll see you next time bye later (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.